The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at TNTradio.live. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. It's round two, and why don't we go to our caller, Joe? What's what's going on? Hey, Hervoy, I just wanted to um, follow up with you. We're talking about uh, Gonzalo Lira with uh, Jose Mino on Friday. Uh, I remember it could have almost been a year ago, at least 10 months ago, Gonzalo did say that uh, his wife's child and the wife's mother had already left Kharkov. So he was just sitting in that apartment all by himself this whole time, you know, at least for 10, maybe 12 months. So when you were referencing his wife, she, they, they've not, they have not been there. Uh, he said that they left. So he's just kind of in solo. So, I mean, the question, I mean, wh- why would he stay there, you know, knowing the danger that he's in? And, you know, the Ukrainian government recently went after what they called Internet uh, agitators. Someone said that he uh, they went after something he specifically said, re- referencing uh, Nazis and things like that, which supposedly was, was accurate. But I mean, what do you think he's 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 doing uh, there? Yeah, I, 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 like you said on Friday, maybe it's just kind of a, not an ego thing, but like an adventure thing. Like I'm going to be the guy that's sitting here in Kharkov doing, uh, you know, he's kind of the only person kind of doing what he's doing. Uh, I mean, there's, there's a couple of those journalists that have been living in the Donbass, you know, for a long time, but that, that's a little bit different. So maybe he just kind of felt like he was a unique voice and a unique personality because of his situation. I'm also open to the idea. Now, don't get me wrong, but I try to look at things emotion, not without emotions and neutrally and objectively. Uh, again, we, maybe Gonzalo is, you know, working for some intelligence agency or taking money. He could be, you know, working for the Russians or for some crazy American, you know, psyop operation. I'm, I, you know, I'm always open to that sort of stuff. And, you know, just because he's, I've had him on my podcast, he talks great. But again, I don't know who he really is or who some of these talking heads are. So, yeah, I mean, I really don't know what's going on there, Joe. Yeah, yeah, pretty fascinating. I just wanted to share that with you that he, he has this kind of insono, the family, uh, according to him, which is not has not been there for a long time well hopefully he makes it uh yeah hopefully he makes yeah hopefully he makes it um they let him go again for the second time this is the second time he's been uh, arrested so i kind of do feel he'll probably pop up uh again soon so we'll we'll see uh joe thanks for the call and uh i'm gonna continue with the the news um in in mexico there was something interesting uh it was uh basically uh there's a canadian junior miners in mexico were blindsided by a new mining regime that will deter investment uh basically the mexican government is uh they're saying becoming more aggressive and wants more uh I guess uh, due diligence carried out by miners when it comes to water and and studies and that sort of thing. So, in some ways, that seems to be good. Uh, 
you know, maybe maybe Amlo should watch his back, although he'll be he'll be out pretty soon. So it's interesting how some countries like Mexico are trying to protect their sovereignty and resources a bit more. Um, in the UK, an estimated 700,000 UK households missed or defaulted on a rent or mortgage payment last month, according to data issued days before another expected rise in the cost of borrowing. Missed housing payments were particularly high among renters. This is the neo-feudalism that we are headed into. You will own nothing. Uh, it will only be, you know, the, the rich and the non-rich. And uh, on top of that, it's being reported AI could replace 80% of jobs in the next few years. So enjoy your UBI, universal basic income. This is coming from U.S.-Brazilian researcher Ben Gortzel, leading AI guru, mathematician, cognitive scientist, famed robot creator. Uh, oh, no wonder. He's founder and chief executive of Singularity Nets, a research group launched to create artificial general inte intelligence, AG. I, it's a fun future we are headed into super fun and what else is going on there's a lot of talk about these modular nuclear reactors philippine philippines is now eyeing on shoring production of modular nuclear reactors and um uh, there was the other news story where is it i lost it uh starbucks now is rolling out amazon palm payment system in one community in seattle it's interesting they it says they, they appear to be testing if older people who are more resistant to new technologies will welcome the idea of biometrics payments or the mark of the beast so uh, you pay with your face or your palm the mark on your forehead or your right hand so facial recognition or palm it seems pretty clear-cut to me and the issue is will you submit to the system and uh get rid of any uh you know principles that you have to be able to buy or sell in this system super crazy crazy times and uh yeah all right let me remind people that uh you can get the complete list of shows and the schedule offered on tnt radio simply by visiting our website at tntradio.live. We serve up the latest live news and current affairs presented by a host of credible and expert commentators who can separate the fact from fiction, the truth from propaganda and lies. Most of the time, nobody's perfect, but we try. We try hard right here on TNT Radio. Your trusted news source. They stick to the facts. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. A UK media regulator has deemed that a recent interview with Naomi Wolf on GB News was potentially harmful and has sanctioned the channel for breaking the rules. Here with the story, joining me once again is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, otherwise known as Ruckus. Thanks, Servori. Um, apparently, folks out there in the UK never learned the uh, childhood saying we did in the Americas, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. 
Uh, no, we live in a world now where words, words are harmful. They're dangerous. Words hurt. Ugh. Oh, all right. The stabbing pain is subsiding. Uh, GB News has been sanctioned by Ofcom. Nice name. For the second time after the UK's media regulator found that an interview with Naomi Wolf on the Mark Stein show breached broadcasting rules. <gasps> On Tuesday, an Ofcom investigation into the Mark Stein program, which first aired on GB News on October 4th, 2022. Boy, they're reaching deep. Uh, ruled Wolf's, quote, comments had the potential to impact viewers' decisions about their health and were therefore potentially harmful. It added, quote, GB News did not take adequate steps to protect viewers from this content. So we have found the channel in breach of the broadcasting code, end quote. During the interview, Wolf made claims about the COVID-19 vaccine, including that its rollout amounted to, quote unquote, mass murder and was comparable to the actions of, oh, she went there, quote, doctors in pre-Nazi Germany, end quote. Ofcom received 422 complaints that alleged these comments were dangerous and included misinformation that went unopposed. It wrote, quote, in light of this, we are requesting that GB News attends a meeting with Ofcom to discuss its approach to compliance, end quote. Yikes. Wolf told the Epoch Times via email that she was, quote unquote, appalled, rejected Ofcom's findings, stood by her claims, and said that Mark Stein was a, quote unquote, hero. Uh, the widely published journalist and best-selling author of books that most of the listeners probably have on their bookshelves as they're hearing this, including The Beauty Myth, How Images of Beauty Are Used Against Women, and The End of America, Letter of Warning to a Young Patriot. That latter, I actually own a copy of. Um, let's see. So she said, quote, as a journalist, I am appalled that Ofcom censured me for primary source evidence directly from Pfizer's own documents released under court order presented in reports compiled by 3,500 medical and scientific experts, including oncologists, radiologists, medical fraud investigators, RNs, biological scientists, and a range of other physicians and clinicians, end quote. She, of course, has been critical of vaccine passports, lockdowns, and media coverage of the COVID-19 pandemic and has reported on mRNA vaccines impact on fertility and women's re reproductive health. She added, quote, Ofcom should not penalize reporters or news platforms for presenting the truth, especially if that truth is of grave public significance. Um, let's see, of course, she continues, quote, of course, I will cons consult my attorney to take action against this damaging censorship and this baseless reputational attack, which is the second one from a national government. The first was from our own White House and CDC in relation to this important story, end quote. Last year, Wolf told uh, Epoch TV's uh, series, uh, American Thought Leaders, that a handful of bad actors, including the CCP, Big Tech, and the WEF, used the pandemic to, quote, exploit the crisis in such a way as to re-engineer our free 
democratic open societies, especially in the West, especially in the United States, into a post-free, a post-humane society, end quote. Uh, according to a spokeswoman from GB News, uh, they ex- that it accepts the ruling and would not be challenging it. Uh, the spokeswoman said, quote, we take Ofcom compliance seriously, and we also take freedom of speech seriously. The balance between these two is not always clear cut and presents vital issues. Here's that word again for our democracy, end quote. So this is wacky, wacky, wacky. What do you think, Rory? I have never really just understood the the idea or concept of of Ofcom itself. That to me is is alien it's uh orwellian ministry of truth the fact that like something like that uh, exists and has so much power uh i mean i don't think that it shouldn't even exist what is this we sh- people should be free to speak uh, as they please uh generally and you know it makes me think of uh in recent years i, I don't know how the rules have changed but people being for british people being forced to pay for their TV licenses. Uh, I've, I threw away my television over a decade ago. I do not have, I physically do not have a TV in my home. I don't have cable, none of that. And uh, I mean, some of this stuff, you know, Europe in many ways is very socialist collectivist. Even in my other home of Croatia, uh, people are like forced to pay a similar thing. It's a similar thing like in Britain where you have to pay a TV license for the Croatian national TV. Even if you don't watch it, people will come to check uh, you know, government agents will come check your home if you have a TV and they're like, aha, you have a TV. That means you have to pay even if you don't watch it. And it's like, uh, it's crazy. I mean, it's it's like the, the, it's propaganda has to be obligatory. You have to subject yourself to the state's propaganda. And it's sad in many ways. You had the Magna Carta and coming out of the Western tradition, all of these freedoms. And now, Ofcom is policing speech, Naomi Wolf, Mark Stein, uh, and, and many others. Actually, Mark Changizi, who's a great uh, analyst, he just put out a clip today talking about how uh, I think he's of Iranian descent. He's very popular. He's been on TNT before. Uh, he, he basically said that, you know, to remember, we remember the Holocaust so that we don't do exactly what we did uh, to the un vaccinated you know as a history professor and major that's been my point is like by comparing what's the tyranny that's going on today to the tyranny that went on in the past you're actually amplifying uh the bad you know and you're bringing attention to what happened in the past you know because you don't want it to happen uh, again so you know any other thoughts uh ruckus this is so weird to me, this this Ofcom thing. I think I'm going to make that a weekend project and dig a little deeper. But it's interesting to me that it's, it's, this is based upon complaints. So they received complaints from, I'm presuming, the viewers. Uh, let's see, up to date, actually. Ofcom says that GB News has received 4,560 complaints. But of these, 1,714 were related to the COVID-19 pandemic. So people out there are like, oh, oh, they, they don't, they, who does that? Or you're watching TV and like, oh, whatever that person just said doesn't align with what Fauci said last year. So I hit to hit the red button and, and complain. This makes no sense to me, dude. And how do we know 
I mean, we know the government is, they're lying all the time. How can anyone verify if those are real complaints or they're just making it up? Uh, but, you know, th there are a lot of, what do you call them, Karens <laughs> out there. So, yeah, yeah, tough times. All right, uh, Ruckus, we'll chat with you tomorrow. We've got uh, a great guest on the line, Kim uh, Witzak. Feel free to call in. We'll be talking about the FDA, Big Pharma stuff right after this break. TNT Radio's State of the Nation. Let me fix that headline for you, everybody. It was thrice deported illegal immigrant thug man murders family next door. There you go. It's a little bit more of a mouthful than Texas man. But you know what I mean? It's like we have stuff like that happening and the media is trying to frame it as, oh, this this happened in Texas. So the rest of the right. nation thinks, oh, those those yokels out there in the South, they just shooting each other with the AR. No, we have an open border here. We've got thousands of people rushing the border. Title 42 about to end. Something like that happens in our backyard, basically, and the media reports it inaccurately. It's amazing. Well, pure propaganda. You know how they change up words. They're very good at that. Texas man. And you said thrice. Now, I don't know if this is fact. I heard four or five times. It's even worse than uh, we're reporting. And this is unbelievable. I find it all even more unbelievable, Brian. They can't find the guy as of the last few minutes. I mean, I haven't checked in the last few minutes, but they where, where could this guy go? Do you think he had some help? Maybe he's over the border. He's back somewhere. I just find it incredible that they can't find him. State of the on today's news talk tnt radio a better business tip from tnt radio the benefits of advertising on today's news talk tnt radio should be clear to businesses of any shape or size it can be accessed anywhere anytime by anybody and is the perfect way to build brand awareness and stimulate digital activity. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. We don't talk at you. Blah, 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 blah. We talk with you. What do you think of this idea? Let me tell you this. What's wrong with this picture? From government overreach to the global pandemic, TNT Radio invites you to join us as we separate facts from fiction, truth from propaganda, day in, day out. Call the open line anytime. In the U.S. and Canada, call 1-888-201-6425. In the U.K., call 33 024 1026 and in Australia and New Zealand call 1-800-670-310 free speech has a home on today's news talk TNT radio we are joined by Kim Witzek who's got a huge bio a uh, she's doing a lot of great work she's an international drug safety advocate and uh, speaker with over 25 years professional experience in advertising and marketing communications she became involved in pharmaceutical drug safety issues after the sudden death of her husband in 2003 due to an undisclosed drug side effect of antidepressants. She was instrumental in helping to get FDA black box suicide warnings added to antidepressants in 2004 and six. She's taken her personal experience and launched a national public awareness campaign through WoodyMatters.com com grassroots organization dedicated to make uh, making sure the everyday patient perspective is represented in healthcare conversations she's been featured in major news media she or co-organized the selling sickness people before profits international conference in dc she's currently consumer representative on the fda psychopharma pharmacologic drug advisory committee reviewing new drugs coming 
to market. Uh, her website is kimwitzak.com. That's K-I-M-W-I-T-C-Z-A-K.com. She's on Twitter at Woody Matters. Welcome to TNT, Kim. Hi, good evening. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I'm looking forward to having this conversation. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And uh, you know, I came across your work just browsing and, and seeking new information and trying uh, to learn. And I heard about your story as well as the all the great work that uh, you're doing. And I thought your message is more important than ever. And what happened to your husband in, in 2003, that's you know, 20 years ago, very sad and tragic. And you know, for a long time, I have been bothered by the amount of drugs uh, Americans take. I'm originally from Chicago, uh, Illinois, but you know, I, I live around the world, and every time I go back into America, it's it's shocking to see how many prescription drugs Americans are on compared to, you know, the rest of the world. There's a huge difference. I've got you know family and 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 friends taking uh, a lot of this stuff. The amount of advertising by big pharma is crazy in the United States, and. You know, maybe if you could sort of start paint a picture for us, what do you see as the biggest problems and, and key issues when it comes to FDA, big pharma and, and all of this stuff? Well, sure. Um, I think you're absolutely right with Americans taking more drugs than ever. Um, you know, when I was working on some a project that I'm doing right now called Selling Sickness, it uh, five, we are five percent of the the world population and Americans take over 75% of all pharmaceuticals. You know, it doesn't help the fact that we are one of only two countries in the world that allow drug ads. But, you know, it's bigger than that. You know, pharma is, you know, their tentacles are far reaching. And so, you know, other parts of the world may not have direct to consumer advertising, but their influence is on almost every aspect and really comes between the doctor patient, you know, relationship. And, you know, I have to actually go back 20 years, uh, which is really fascinating to me that it's already been 20 years because I've been doing this work since, as I call myself, the accidental advocate. I never set out to do any of this drug safety work. You know, I was living life, but on August 6, 2003, I got a phone call from my dad that forever changed the trajectory of my life. Uh, my husband, of almost 10 years was found hanging from the rafters of our garage, dead at age 37. Woody wasn't depressed. He didn't have a history of depression he, or any other mental illness. He had just started his dream job with a startup company and was having trouble sleeping. And I always say like, you know, middle of the night entrepreneurs is not a mental illness. However, Woody, you know, went to his doctor and after a visit, and this is the doctor, you know, Woody was an athlete. Woody got, you know, they kept fixing him. I always called him Humpty Dumpty because, you know, they would, you know, fix, you know, break, you break your elbow, you get that fixed. You get, you know, get stitches, you know, you're healed. But, you know, when he went to the doctor, he was given the antidepressant Zoloft um, for insomnia and told him it would take the edge off and help him sleep. And, no warnings, you know, I was out, in fact, I was out of the country on an advertising production for the first three weeks. He was on it, but I will never forget before when shortly before his death, he came home and he was completely drenched um, through his of sweat through his um, dress shirt. He walked in our back door. He 
fell to the floor into a fetal position, his hands around his head like a vice. And he kept crying and he kept saying, Kim, I'm losing my mind. I don't know what's happening to me. My head's outside my body looking in. And I have never seen that in my, you know, almost 10 years of marriage to him and three years dating prior. And I remember we calmed him down. He called the doctor and the doctor said, give it four to six weeks to kick in. And Woody lasted one more week and a week later he was dead. But, you know, it's funny, the night he was found um, dead, the coroner asked if Woody was taking any medication. And the only medication he was taking was Zoloft. And she proceeds to tell us that she had to take the drug with her. It might have something to do with his death. And also on the front page of our newspaper, the Minneapolis Star Tribune, there was an article that said the UK finds link between antidepressants and suicide in teens. That was on the same day of Woody's death. And that night, my brother-in-law Googled Zoloft and suicide. And unbeknownst to us, the FDA held hearings in 1991 on the emergence of violence and suicide um, from Prozac. And at the time, the FDA, Eli Lilly, um, did nothing about it. And, you know, we never once questioned the drug, you know, at that time. I mean, why would we? You know, it was given to, uh, um, given to Woody by his doctor. And it's sold and advertised as, quote, unquote, safe and effective. And FDA approved. And so that really became our mission to get black box suicide warnings on it. And so we did in 2004 for kids, 2006 for young adults. And truthfully, today, even though, um, and I also had a big failure to warn wrongful death lawsuit against Pfizer, where we were able to get a bunch of documents out from under seal that showed that the companies and the FDA have long been aware of the lack of efficacy and suicide associated with um, antidepressants. So, you know, I still look back and say, it doesn't include all ages, the warning falls short, it stops at 24, which has never made any sense because, you know, 24 today, but tomorrow you're 25, you might get it for insomnia, you might get it, you know, I mean, antidepressants are handed out. I mean, they're middle-aged women, they're getting it for um, hormonal issues. I mean, it, they are being handed out like candy. And I always say that these are not benign daily vitamins. And that is kind of the, the culture that we have lived in. And then obviously, you know, um, I look back and say it took 13 years before they, um, when they first investigated and knew about it before warnings got put on and how many lives and families' lives were destroyed by them withholding this information and overselling benefits and downplaying the harms. You mentioned safe and effective. I mean, that's been pounded into our heads, especially the last couple of years. Safe and effective, safe and effective. I'm still stuck on the statistic you shared. I can't, it's the first time I heard that. 5% of the world's population or the U.S. take 70% plus of drugs. That is uh, insane. And even my mother, I mean, she, if she's got a small issue, she'll pop them, you know, Advil, Tylenol, like like M&Ms. And I'm, even with that stuff, I mean, I've researched, I think Tylenol kills like 16,000 people a year. Yeah. And I'm like, every time I'm like, I, I'll do vitamin C or I'll try to find natural ways um, to deal with a headache or something. And if it's really, really bad, I'll take the Advil cautiously, like one, you know, 
and not be popping them like M&Ms because I know, you know, as you said, there are issues, there are side effects. So uh, we have to jump to our headlines with uh, James. We'll be right back. We interrupt this program. Here we go. This is huge, huge, huge news. Huge, huge, huge news. Huge. You need to listen to this. Now, TNT Radio News. This is James O'Neill with a check of today's headlines. Parts of Alberta, Canada are experiencing cooler temperatures and even light rain as the province remains under a state of emergency while dozens of wildfires continue raging. A 41-year-old Georgia mother of seven young children has been rejected as a candidate for a kidney transplant by Emory Healthcare Incorporated. Even though she's on dialysis and potentially facing death because even though she has already had COVID-19, she refused to receive the COVID-19 vaccine on religious and medical grounds. We wear the PPE and wade through the muck so you don't have to. Never miss our thought-provoking take on the latest news and current affairs. Take TNT Radio wherever you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. We're talking to Kim Witsack. You can find all of her stuff. She's got a Substack. She's on Twitter at Woody matters and her website kim w-i-t-c-z-a-k.com and you'll find a lot of stuff there and uh what you described with your husband made me made me think of the film with uh was it bradley cooper and lady gaga a star is born from 2018 i'm not a lady gaga fan at all but i have to admit i enjoyed the movie, I think it was well put together. And in that film, the musician, uh, you know, Bradley Cooper playing this musician who basically, I think he, he takes alcohol, uh, gets drunk, uh, maybe he takes some pills and hangs himself in, the, in I think, his garage. And then we had a couple of years back, Chris Cornell, the musician of, of Soundgarden. And that kind of impacted me because when I was a young junior high school kid, the first band that I became obsessed with was Chris Cornell's Soundgarden. I learned to play guitar as a sixth grader because of Chris Cornell and Soundgarden. I bought a guitar. I was learning through their music and I was just obsessed with them for so many years. And, you know, it's a similar situation. Apparently he was on some prescription drugs and he was found uh, hanged in a hotel room. And his wife was saying the same thing that uh, it was uh, the drugs. I don't know if you're familiar with that case or you you have any thoughts on that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you hear this a lot of times when you hear about the medications and they're right now, what do they say? Although I heard somebody yesterday say the third leading cause, but I've always had it as the fourth leading cause are properly prescribed medications. And so that to me, it says a lot, but you know, you look at the, um, the suicides and the fact that they knew about it and, and why I think Woody's case was really, um, pretty important is that he was on no other medication. He didn't get it for mental health. He had nothing. So he went from not being able to sleep to head outside his body, which is a side effect, which Pfizer and the drug companies have kept, you know, away from people. And, you know, a lot of times what happens is, you know, like if it's Chris or, you know, people are dealing with stuff, they get, they go in if they're having like, say what Woody went in with his head outside the body oh, that's your disease getting worse. And then you get layered on another drug and another drug and another drug. You know, I look at even some of the um, high profile, I mean, these suicides have been going on for a long time. Even when I look back at 
Woody, I, again, I before this, I didn't pay attention to any of this after until obviously Woody. And then, you know, whenever there's a suicide, you kind of go into investigation mode. And especially when, you know, um, you don't like it completely out of the blue. And I know that Cornell's um, I mean, we were actually trying to get a hold of her because, you know, again, with any of these high profile, if you could just have somebody at the celebrity level that could get involved, imagine the good that could come out of it if we could put focus on what needs to be put focus on. But, uh, you know, I look, I don't know if you remember since you said uh, Chicago and if you ever were a big like Saturday Night Live fan with, if you remember Phil Hartman and his wife um, Bree, and she um, killed him and then killed herself. And that was a no. pretty high. Um, that was a pr pretty high profile. He was on a big comedian on Saturday Night Live, and she, um, the family, quietly settled with Pfizer, and nobody knew that because the way it was positioned in the media was that she was, you know, a little nuts. She was drinking, and she c killed her husband. But the family actually settled with Pfizer. Nobody ever heard about it, and it was, you know, off the off the table. So I think these are the the stories, and especially you know the last couple of years, um, you know, antidepressants um, are going up. I, you know, like you look at the UK, you go, you're looking at um, even in the US, and the number of kids that are getting prescribed um, with the COVID, you know, after the entire pandemic. These are very serious mind-altering drugs that have been questionable with the data from the beginning. And so, you know, I thought it was truly, uh, I really thought once we got the warnings done, I would be like, okay, I'm going back to my life. And, uh, you know, but what, and I thought it was just an issue with antidepressants. However, I quickly realized that it's a systemic problem with our nation's drug safety system. And it's driven by commercial interests, compounded by issues, you know, such a lack of transparency, conflicts of interest, undue industry influence um, it, with marketing and PR spins, ghostwriting, key opinion leaders, you know, the um, industry funded screening tools that get us onto medications. And then the role of politics, the revolving door the, between the FDA, Congress, the regulatory agencies, and the industry. And so you look at all of this, and no wonder why, you know, it's, as I call, selling sickness. It's constantly being thrown at us, at, at least here, you know, in the United States. But I also think, you know, it, it, we're kind of a global market, as we've seen in the last couple couple of years, um, you know, if, if the pandemic didn't shine a light on what's really going on, you know, this stuff has been going on for a long time. I, I didn't want to get your thoughts with when, what went on with COVID, but, uh, you know, I, I, I use this example when I was a young man, I think I went to the tip, the, the standard type of doctor once or, or twice. I had some issue as a undergrad student. And the doctors right off the bat, he's like, oh, you should have a surgery for this thing, $5,000. And I'm looking on the forums with people who had the same issue. And I, I, it's not a good idea. And eventually the problem went away. Uh, and, and if you, if I had done the surgery, it would have been, it, it could have ruined my life completely. And 
you know, just another example. I did Peace Corps in Mongolia. And at some point, uh, I'm sharing some personal info here. I had like some toenail uh, fungus. And I go to a typical doctor. The doctor's like, oh, there's nothing you can do. And we had a really cool old school Vietnam vet medic out in Peace Corps, Mongolia. And he's like, oh, just get some Vicks Vaporub, which has eucalyptus on it. Keep rubbing it on your toe. And I couldn't believe it. It, 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 it cured it. The eucalyptus, you know, yeah. natural thing got rid of it. And I was as good as new. And that just, you know, sent me on my way towards natural and alternative health, which is it's big here in Mexico where I am. And, you know, you just listed a whole bunch of culprits and you talk about selling sickness. Uh, they, you know, the industry doesn't want to cure our diseases. They just want you to, you know, it's like the su subscription service. Keep buying the meds, the surgeries, all this oh. stuff. Who, who, who would you say are some of the biggest culprits? Because we've got big pharma, the corporations, you've got the doctors, you've got media, you've got government, as you mentioned. Who, who, what academic would you... I mean, mm -hmm. academic institutions. You know, you got to look at who's, you know, where all, where's the research coming. So um, the fact that doctors, I was shocked when I learned that doctors don't learn how the FDA works and how the FDA approval process works. Because if they don't understand that, then how are they, uh, they're, are they learning critical thinking skills, right? Or how, you know, if you don't understand that process. So, and I think it like in the mental health group, it's all the middle level. It's anybody astro, I call them astroturf patient groups. These are patient advocacy groups or can, you know, like the National Alliance for Mentally Ill, the American Cancer Society. Yes, they do good work. However, you always need to go and do and look at who is funding them. You know, that is one thing that I saw through all my many, many, before now I sit on the FDA, but before I've attended multiple FDA hearings where I've testified during the open public hearing. And it's really fascinating because most of the people who come during that time are members from these organizations who take funding, even though they say they don't have any, um, you know, financial interest in the outcome, but they do because they're actually advocating. So they're an extension of the marketing department. And I have, um, I'm going to be writing a substack on it my, I've call it the spider web and it's, you know, like a spider web, you know, how like spider webs, I think are beautiful, but they're kind of like, you can't see them. Then you kind of get stuck in them. And, you know, some it's very obvious and translucent, but they are trap and they trap you. And it's, you know, it's the patent system in our country also creates this whole influence. Uh, you know, the, the, the CDC, the legal system, the the even all of the P, PR marketing, the um, fact checkers that we've seen a lot. Who's funding behind the fact checkers, right? And so all of this creates this environment for us to, you know, the average person, as I call ourselves, we're um, healthcare is a business, and we have to always remember that. And we are customers, and a lot of my patient safety. Group, um, members, you know, advocates that I advocate with, they do not like when I say it, but I'm like, we are like, we need to think like customers and think like business people. Again, you know, maybe because I've spent my entire career in advertising and marketing, I can see the marketing. It's so crystal clear for me, but that's, you know, because I come from that background and, uh, and then obviously um, this last couple of years we saw it, I, you know, 
who's telling the misinformation? You know, I keep listening to, you know, watching what the CDC and the, and even like science, like who is the science, right? I've always thought science was something, you know, granted more marketing, but, you know, science is about teasing and it's about a theory. And then you kind of like keep, you know, going down that path. And if something changes, but, you know, then you kind of look at it and say, okay, maybe that didn't work. Let's look, go over here. But I realized quickly, uh, right after, you know, after Wood died, we met with the FDA and the, the top officials that were responsible for approving the antidepressants and, and the, you know, all the, uh, basically the psychiatric drugs. And I remember literally, quote unquote, they told me that we, um, that Woody's story was just an anecdote. And it because it didn't happen in the double blinded placebo controlled study. And I remember looking at him and I said, wouldn't you be interested? Like, here's a guy five weeks, you know, got it, never no history, no other drug. And five weeks later, he's dead. Like, to me, wouldn't that be something you're curious about? Like, you know, when a plane crash goes down, you're going to want to go and investigate and get all the data, you know, the people. But I learned that there really isn't interest in the harm side of medicine and also investigating. Like when you start, you know, and especially we've seen it, although I've heard it from, I've heard it for many years, but, you know, lately with the um, COVID vaccines and the VAERS and people reporting into VAERS and, and, and the drug side of things is called MedWatch or FAERS with an F. And, you know, you hear the same thing. And I've heard it literally for 20 years, like the system's not good. You know, it's not full. And I'm thinking, this is your system. And if this was a business, you would absolutely go fix it. So like they use it saying um, that, you know, this, um, that it's not accurate. Well, no, it's not supposed to be, or it's not causation, co you know, correlation. No, it's supposed to serve as a signal to go investigate. And, you know, again, go back and think that these guys in with the antidepressants in 91 knew about the emergence of violence and suicide with Prozac did nothing. So that, you know, it's, that's kind of my experience. And I also feel in addition, now I have another like lens into all of this. And that's that I sit on the FDA advisory committee. And it's the exact same committee that uh, the psychopharmacologic committee in 1991 that didn't do their job. I sit on that committee today as the consumer rep representing the public. And so it's an opportunity to see when, you know, the drug companies come in with their, uh, their application. And you got to remember the drug, the trials that they're using to get the drugs on market are, these are pharma funded. These are company funded studies. And it's just a really interesting perspective, that whole process of watching drugs come to market. Mm -hmm. Kim, we're going to have to jump to our break. Again, people can find uh, your work uh, through your Twitter at Woody Matters, W-O-O-D-Y Matters. And the website is Kim, W-I-T-C-Z-A-K.com. If anyone wants to call in, do feel free. We'll be right back. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Are you puzzled and perplexed by once iconic bedrock Americana corporations suddenly going woke and pushing ESG and DEI? 
in the other alphabet soup of wokeism. Companies like Apple and Microsoft, Visa, MasterCard, and American Express, Amazon, Johnson & Johnson, Exxon, and Chevron, JP Morgan Chase, we see you Jamie Dimon, and Bank of America, Coke and Pepsi, Home Depot, Walmart, Costco, AT&T and Verizon, both of which started out life as Ma Bell, Nike, UPS, McDonald's, and Disney. Well, your surprise will disappear once you find out what it is they have in common. They are owned in large part by BlackRock. BlackRock, which just bought 45 million shares of Fox News Corporation right before Fox fired Tucker. They always say, follow the money. And when the money trail leads you back to BlackRock, you'll know why these corporations are going woke and why they don't care about going broke. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. You have the right to know. The right to know about culture. The right to know about the economy. The right to know about technology and to know about sports. You have the right to know about education and politics and the weather. You have the right to know what's happening abroad and in your backyard. But above all else, you have the right to know that this right is under attack and we must work to protect it. Because in order to be free, we must be informed. Understand the threats. ProtectPressFreedom.org If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. We're back on our final segment with Kim Witsack. Uh, find her on Twitter at Woody Matters and her website, Kim Witsack, K-I-M-W-I-T-C-Z-A-K.com. Kim, you asked, who is the science? Well, I've got the answer for you right here. Hopefully this comes through my mic. I am science. That was my little, I've got a little, <laughs> Fau, a little Fauci elf here. Um, there's a great uh, um, outlet in Florida called True News, who I'm a fan of. And uh, when Ron DeSantis, he, he gave a speech where he said, we should chuck that little Fauci elf across the Potsdamic. They <laughs> created an actual little Fauci elf with the vaccine. And, you know, he says things like, vaccinate, vaccinate. So, uh, <laughs> oh and, 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 you know, just speaking about oh Big Pharma. God. Yeah, it's hilarious. A uh, gag gift. Yeah, but, um, so good. Uh, I think it was RF Kennedy or RFK Jr. who I heard say that. And I was shocked because, you know, for, for 20 years, I've been studying the military industrial complex, the deep state, the oil industry, all of these big transnational corrupt corporate interests. And he I think he said that the big pharma, the pharma lobby is actually bigger than the the oil lobby, which, you know, gets us into these wars, uh, illegal wars in Iraq and stuff. And, you know, that that was kind of shocking. Would you uh, agree that that's uh, probably the, the biggest yeah, lobby we have? It is. And you know, what's funny is like when you talk about like, you know, the oil or you talk about big chemicals, you talk about big food, you know, my, my lawyers who actually just won, they worked with um, our RFK on the Monsanto roundup litigation that I think it was like a $2 billion um, seller verdict, jury verdict. I've always known that they all use the same playbooks, right? So the same thing, like watching, um, so, you know, like discrediting the scientists, discrediting, you know, it's all part of the same game. It's the PR strategy. It's, you know, so you, when you start looking at it, you know, again, I go back to 20 years ago, I was living obliviously, but, you know, I, in, during the break, I heard uh, whoever was on there said, follow the money. 
And I remember that was one thing that my husband always said to me is if you want to get to the bottom of something, always follow the money trail. And so that was, this obviously was the first, but when you start looking at all of, you know, like you just said, big oil and uh, pharma's actually has a huge, what is it, 20% of the GDP in our country, 18, 20%. I mean, it's a lot of, it's a big, big business, big business, and they're going to do everything to protect it. Yeah, and speaking of big business, you know, another another thought, uh, something that shocked me, I'm a I'm a father and then, you know, com- uh, living around the world uh, and w- we did a home birth here. It, I mean, it's shocking because you're brought up brainwashed where you need to go to the doctor. You need to go, go to the hospital and do all this stuff. And we went, we broke out of this paradigm. We did a home birth in the water in our home. It was the most amazing thing ever. It's like this is how humanity has been doing it since the beginning of time pretty Forever. much right yeah you know there are people with complications and stuff but we didn't we weren't those people everything was it was amazing super easy and and simple obviously well not for my wife i mean I, you know the pain that they have to go through but <laughs> I was gonna say, um, yeah <laughs> yeah but uh, but my 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 point was that it cost here in mexico you know uh we paid cash uh it's like a, a birth costs about a thousand dollars maybe a thousand one thousand five hundred dollars and when I visited the U.S. years ago, my my friend told me in the U.S. I mean, they've got you got insurance, but he told me the cost that the insurance paid for a birth in the U.S. twenty to thirty thousand dollars, like the price of a car. I mean, that yes. is insane. Yeah, it's it, it is, and you know, I, it's funny. My dad was recently in the hospital, and they were going to charge him for his medication, like a hundred dollars a pill, like it was some crazy. And I grew up with my dad, who literally would go through the bill, and I'm like, and I used to be say, well, dad, you don't even pay for it. It's like insurance pays for it. He's like, are you kidding me? You're paying for it. So he refuses to pay for it. And when you start to actually look at different hospitals and, and doctors don't even know this because it's just part of the, you know, it's the, the system in which we work. But, you know, I still go back to what you just said about the way we have as humanity, like, you know, like the way we, how we heal and how we, you know, that that isn't even a part of our narrative that we hear. And, and I would have thought when the beginning of COVID started that we would have heard more about like, get out, get your vitamin D, take, you know, exercise, watch for your comorbidities. We didn't hear anything of the sort. And that just tells you that health, like health, the way that we were intended to live and came into this world that is not a priority because there's not money behind it. And so, you know, I like hearing stories, what you told me about you and your wife and, and we need more of those stories. We, we, we escaped the matrix. We did it. We, yeah. we made it. Some of our friends have like, I mean, they're not, they're going on like five kids. We know a, lot, a bunch of people who got like four or five kids, but you know, good on them. Uh, what are some ways that we can, maybe level the playing field and uh, tame this big pharma beast? Well, I, first of all, I always say really stop, pause, ask questions and not be afraid to push back when you go. And maybe even like, you know, even the idea of training yourself to get out of that mold of always hit, you know, of course there's always a time for a doctor when there is a place. But, you know, I think it, that we really need to challenge ourselves 
of doing our own health as well, like health. But when it does come to um, pharma, don't be afraid to ask questions, push back and do your research, you know, and say no. Like, you know, I look at this whole thing the last couple of years, there are a lot of questions that weren't, that we didn't ask. And if you actually, as a, you know, the consumer, like informed consent, I would want to know, you know, especially when I go back to these antidepressants, these drugs are like handed out like candy and people are not getting the information. There is no informed consent. So I think that's something that we can do to push back and just say no. I mean, I feel like that's the old Nancy Reagan. I think that was her big uh, campaign against, you know, say no to drugs. But I think it is like, you know, say no. Like, again, I look back and go, we did what we did, you know, I, and I've heard so many people go, why did, you know, why did Woody take the drug? I think he just trusted, right? And I think that's the biggest message is, you know, you know yourself, you know your body, you know your kid, you are your biggest advocate and your body doesn't lie when something doesn't make sense. And I really say, trust your intu intuition. I, I think you're spot on. And that's exactly what we did as we slowly broke out of the matrix because it's a ton of pressure. It's pressure from your family and friends and neighbors who are all following the, the, the lab coats and the doctors and the authorities. And then they look at you like you're crazy when you when you do the opposite, mm -hmm. when you run. And, you know, I, I read Paul, Paul Thomas, the pediatrician who's, who's fantastic, I think out in Oregon, uh, and he got his license taken away illegally. He was doing great work and I read his book and, you know, he, he did a study where his thousand plus, um, you know, uh, kids in his practice, the, the, the fully vaccinated, the half vaccinated and the unvaccinated and clearly the unvaccinated came out on on top and he would give parents the choice. And I learned from his book, the pediatricians, if I recall correctly, that like they make the most of their money, 80 percent, at least in the U.S., from uh the number of vaccines they dish out. And so we just, you know, we didn't vaccinate our kids and they're perfectly fine. And um, yeah, and you know, I, I don't know why, you know, we didn't get time really to discuss COVID, but I do, I do find it strange that we're taking advice from software programmers like Bill Gates, uh, you know, taking health advice from people <laughs> like uh, Bill Gates. Yeah. If you got any, I got a minute and a half left, you know, any final thoughts? Yeah, I was going to say, I saw right from the beginning when they, the COVID vaccines rushed to market, everybody's celebrities, everybody's telling us it's safe and effective, do it. And I, and there was no legal immunity. All, these are all things that should have been put, told to the American public. Instead, it was pushed, pushed by tech and tech, you know, censoring. And so this is why you need places like this and conversations like we're having. Yeah, thank you for coming on uh, to TNT and the work that you're doing. Where where are the best places people can uh, follow you? Uh, any projects that you have you you want us to know us about to know about? Yeah, I was gonna say, um, you know, follow my Substack. Um, acceptable collateral damage, although I have the unacceptable and Woody matters, and I am working on a something with selling sickness that will be going into the spider web. All right, I'm looking forward to that again. Just uh, keep up the great work. I mean, this is an important subject, and uh, I don't think we're quite out, out of uh, 
Uh, I think they're going to be coming back at us th- with all these big, big farm, big pharma stuff in the future. Uh, I'm uh, I'm signing off, but Steve Milesberg is up next, so don't touch that dial. <laughs>